Hey, Fujifilm fans, this is episode number 33 of the Better Fuji Photos podcast. I'm John Peltier. This episode is going to be all about the Acros color filters found in your Fujifilm camera. It'll apply to the monochrome film simulation too. But when you go into that menu, when you see the R, Y, and G letters, what do those mean? What do they do? We're going to dive into that in this episode. One quick announcement, I do just want to remind our members that there is a little over one week left in the September 2023 Fujifilm Photographer Member Photo Challenge. That photo challenge is isolation. How can you isolate a subject from a busy scene? There are a lot of different techniques to do that, and you can practice one or all of them in this month's photo challenge. One lucky winner will be selected at random to win a $50 prize. If you're not a member, you can check out a free three-day trial of that photo challenge, the community, and all Fujifilm photography courses at photocourses.link slash Fujimembers, and make sure you use the code POD20 to get 20% off your first three months. Diving into these color filters for the Acros film simulation and also the monochrome film simulation. These color filters can be very useful to you if you're photographing in black and white, and you're practicing our one-year Fujifilm Photography Photo Challenge that we outline in episode one, which is all about getting the photograph correct in the camera and not having to post-process those photos much at all. These color filters, just to give you a really quick answer of what they do, is they help you control or change the contrast in your black and white photos using three different simulated color filters, and then you also have the regular Acros film simulation. So let's talk about these color filters, specifically uh, in black and white photography. If there's no color in the final image, what is a color filter? It actually matters quite a bit because those colors that are reflected off of the scene in front of you, they still do pass through your lens before they reach the film uh, in film cameras or the sensor in today's Fujifilm digital cameras. Now, the overall brightness of those colors, that's going to be recorded uh, in the film in film cameras or processed in the processor in digital cameras as different shades of gray. So however bright that color is, that's how bright that grayscale image is going to be recorded. So say you're creating a black and white photo of a scene that has a lot of really deep greens and a really rich red. Now those colors, green and red, they're opposite each other on the color wheel, but they have the same brightness, a really dark green and a really rich red. So the resulting photo would be one with a very similar dark gray tone. There'd hardly be any tonal contrast at all, even though there's a lot of color contrast, opposite colors on the color wheel. The black and white image is just gonna be one flat dark gray image. We can reclaim that contrast in the black and white photo by using a color filter. And that's what color filters for black and white photography are all about. Separating colors that are reflected off of the scene to add contrast in a black and white image. I do have an accompanying article for this podcast episode, and you'll find the link to that in the show notes. And you can see a lot of different examples of a lot of the things that we're gonna be talking about 
in just a minute. So these color filters, they are going to pass the respective color of that filter and block the opposite colors to varying degrees. So if we go back to that red green example, the red filter is going to let red colors pass through that filter, making those colors appear relatively brighter than the greens, which is what it's going to block. That red filter is going to block greens because those are opposite one another on the color wheel. So the resulting effect is that those reds are going to appear brighter and those greens are going to appear darker in the final black and white photo. And that is going to give you the contrast that you would see in the color image, but is otherwise not there in the black and white image. Now, not all colors are created equally. These color filters do not work equally for the different color combinations. For example, the red filter, it lets red colors pass through and colors near red while blocking green colors and colors near green. If you use the green filter, it's gonna do the opposite, but to a different degree. It's not gonna block reds by the same amount that the red filter blocks greens, if you're still tracking with me here. But what's important to understand is the concept of it all, how this all works. The red filter is gonna let the warmer colors pass through while blocking the cooler colors. The green filter is going to let the cooler colors pass through while blocking the warmer colors. And then the yellow filter is going to allow the warmer colors near yellow rather than red pass through while blocking the cooler colors near purple, which is opposite yellow on the color wheel. Now, if we go back to where this all started with film cameras, the traditional color filters were just colored pieces of glass that you'd screw onto the front of your lens, and that would affect how the film recorded the overall luminance of each color wavelength. Our digital camera sensors already have microscopic color filters on top of the sensor, and so a colored glass filter isn't really gonna mesh well with that. It's not gonna have the same effect as it would with film photography. So instead, what a lot of digital photographers do is recreate these filters in post-processing using the digital equivalents. You could capture the raw file and then adjust the grayscale tone of each color that appears in the color version of the photo. If you've used Lightroom Classic with the black and white treatment, you know that you can go to the color mixer and adjust the intensities of each different color that appears in your photos regarding how bright or dark that grayscale tone is for the respective colors. But going back to episode one of this podcast and our one year challenge of doing everything in the camera that we possibly can, why waste time doing all of this on a computer when Fujifilm gives us three popular color filter options in our cameras? So if you go to the image quality setting menu and then go into your film simulation submenu, or you press the Q button in shooting mode and you can select your film simulation there. And we talk all about using the Q button in shooting mode in episode 31, just a couple of weeks ago. You can choose Acros, just the standard Acros with no color filter, and then you'll also see the three different color abbreviations in that submenu. Y-E for yellow, R for red, 
and G for green. You'll also see these same color filters if you go to the monochrome film simulation. Monochrome is just a desaturated version of the Provia film simulation, while Acros is its own film simulation based on the Fujifilm Acros Neopan black and white film stock. But I digress. Let's get back into actually choosing a color filter for either Acros or monochrome. These digital equivalents that you'll find in the camera, they're never going to be absolutely faithful renditions of what a glass color filter could do to black and white film, much like the actual digital film simulations themselves are not perfect renditions of the actual real world of film stocks, but they're all pretty darn close and they do offer a great alternative to post-processing your photos on a computer. And like I said, what's important here uh, is not how accurate they are, but understanding the concept of what they do, when you might want to use them, and knowing the effects that you're gonna get from using each one of these color filters. As we mentioned at the top of the podcast, you use these filters, the whole reason for using them is to separate colors to add contrast and depth in a black and white photo when regular Acros or regular monochrome just doesn't have enough contrast. If you go to that article link in the show notes, you can see exactly what different colors will look like with the different color filters. I have a chart with blue and yellow and purple and red and green and some other colors and what those grayscale tones look like with just Acros, Acros with the red filter, the green filter, and the yellow filter. So you can see how much brighter or darker those colors get with each different filter. You're gonna see the most contrast with the red filter. The red filter is really popular for landscape and nature photography. And the red filter, as we said, is gonna separate the greens and the reds, which are often found in flowers and foliage, They'll brighten red flowers and darken leaves, which will give you contrast. What I really love about the red filter is how much it darkens the blue skies. Remember, the red filter lets the warmer colors pass through, blocks the cooler colors, which would be the blues in the sky. So if you have a blue sky and you have some really cool clouds, maybe regular Acros just isn't giving you a lot of contrast between the sky and the clouds. But if you use the red filter, it's going to block the blue in the sky. It's going to make that sky really dark, but the clouds are still going to be just as bright. So it can really make those clouds pop out of the sky, give your landscape a lot of depth, more of a three-dimensional feeling. Red filters can also add a lot of contrast in urban photography or street photography. Now, that's a very popular genre used with the Acros film simulation. So throwing the red filter on there can make those street scenes really pop out, give them a lot more contrast. You just want to be careful with portraits though, using the red filter. The red filter can make lips, for example, seem especially bright, almost blend into the surrounding skin. That'll give your portraits a very unnatural look. The green filter doesn't really have as much utility as the red filter, at least in my mind, but it can make a world of difference in certain situations. The key, again, is knowing what the green filter will do so that you can apply it when you think that it might be useful. It's gonna do the opposite of the red filter. Instead of making reds brighter than the greens, this is gonna make the greens 
brighter than the reds. And in that article, you can see an example that I have with some green leaves against a red wall and how that's rendered differently between the regular Acros film simulation and then the Acros with the green and the red filters. The green filter is also sometimes used in portrait photography for creating a really rich texture in faces and providing contrast in facial features, a little more than what regular Acros all by itself can do. The green filter can also help cut reflections that you might have on skin from different lighting, especially if you have oily skin and you have a really bright light source, the green filter can help reduce that a little bit. But you do have to be careful with certain complexions because remember the green filter will block reds. And so if you're photographing someone with blotchy skin or maybe some acne, those are going to appear much darker. They're going to be much more accentuated than just using the regular Acros filter. So it may not be the most flattering look for some of the people that you're photographing. The yellow filter, I think of as kind of like the jack of all trades. If the red filter is too much contrast and the green filter just isn't offering enough contrast or you just don't know what to use, you might wanna start with the yellow filter. You can almost kind of think of it as a subdued red filter. It's just gonna add contrast, but nowhere near to the extent of what the red filter can do. A lot of photographers will just use the yellow filter all the time to increase the contrast of their black and white pictures, and then only go to the red or green filters in those exceptional situations where they need some more color separation. So that's a quick rundown of the three different color filters, what they do and when you might want to use them. And you can see examples of all of these in the article linked in the show notes. But there's one final thing that I want to talk about with the Acros color filters, something that you may not have thought of if you've been using these color filters already, and something that I think can be really fun to play around with, and that's white balance. If you leave your white balance in auto, it's usually good enough for black and white photography. It's gonna get the color balance more or less close, but you're not gonna see those color casts in your final photo because it's a black and white photo, not a color photo. But you can get really creative with the color filters by going to a manual Kelvin temperature. And we talk all about changing the white balance in your camera in episode 15. And this is one more thing that you can do to add or reduce contrast in your black and white photos. In that article, I do have a really good example of this where I took a picture of a mountain scene with uh, some snowy mountains, a blue sky, and some wispy clouds. And in Provia, with an auto white balance, which came out to about 5,400 degrees Kelvin, the color picture looks photorealistic. The Acros version has some contrast in it between the sky and the clouds, not quite as much as I would have liked, so when I put the red filter on it, there's a little more contrast between uh, the shaded side of the mountain versus the sunlit side of the mountain and the blue sky and the clouds. But it's still not quite as dramatic as I would have liked it. So then you can see what happened when I dropped the white balance. I set a Kelvin white balance of 3000 degrees Kelvin. This made my color photo look really blue. That Provia version of this photo is just way too blue. I would never have a white balance like this in a color photo. However, 
when I add the red filter, after dropping the white balance to 3000 degrees Kelvin, remember that red filter is gonna block the bluer colors. It's gonna make those blues appear darker. And so when I do that, because the shaded side of the mountain and the sky turn a much deeper blue when I drop the white balance, the contrast between the sky and the clouds and the shaded side of the mountain and the sunlit side of the mountain just really, really pops out. The picture becomes so much more dramatic. It has so much more depth to it simply by adjusting my Kelvin white balance. So play around with that. It's something that you may find can add a lot more contrast to your black and white photos when using these color filters. I hope this episode at least introduced you to what the color filters are for and what they do. You're not gonna become an expert in using these color filters simply by listening to the podcast or reading the article. Nothing is going to beat actually going out and practicing to really see what these different film simulation filters can do to your black and white photos. Go out and photograph the scenes that you normally photograph in black and white and use different color filters as you're photographing. If you're not sure which color filter to use, you can also use the color filters in the film simulation bracketing bracket mode. And we talk all about film simulation bracketing in episode five of the podcast. But when you go into film simulation bracketing, you can select Acros, Acros plus red and Acros plus yellow, for example, for the three different processed photos that you're going to get. So you can compare that one image with whatever three different color filters you select in film simulation bracketing. So go out and experiment with these color filters, have fun. You can read more about them and see some examples in the article link in the show notes. We also have an entire single video lesson dedicated to Acros and the color filters in my free film simulation course, which you can find at photocourses.link slash filmsims. Thank you for listening to the Better Fuji Photos podcast. If you have any Fujifilm or photography related questions that you'd like to have answered on an episode here, please use the link in the show notes to send those in. Help keep this podcast alive by rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast wherever you prefer to listen. Thanks again, stay creative, and we'll see you in the next episode.